Scotty Marie, the woman cried in the bar where I worked. She was dressed in a slovenly fashion, her tie-dyed A-shirt barely covering her 280-pound girth. She was evidently on her 800th vodka tonic of the evening, for her words were slurred and she was swaying. She leaned on the bar, apparently trying to stop herself from falling. Scotty Marie, I'm talking to you. Don't ignore me. Lane, the other bartender on duty that night, gave me a sympathetic look and motioned to the irate woman. You better tend to her. You know that she won't leave on her own. I sighed. It was happening more and more frequently these days. Mom, I said to the woman, you have to leave. I'm working here. You have to come home. I can't handle Aaron on my own. I rolled my eyes. Aaron was my two-year-old brother. I was 23 years old and my mother was 38 and had gotten knocked up by yet another of her one-night stands. She probably never even got this particular trick's name. Mother, I have to work. I wanted to tell her that she made her bed, she better lie in it, but there was not going to be any reasoning with her right this very minute. Her eyes were bloodshot and she reeked, absolutely reeked of Papa vodka. Since she drank so much of the stuff, she had to buy the very cheapest there was. Personally, I felt this particular brand was how I always imagined rubbing alcohol to taste, but it was like water to her by now. Lane leaned over to me. Scotty, uh, your mother is here. Where is your brother right now? I felt immediately embarrassed. I couldn't very well tell him that Aaron was probably unattended right that very minute, because that would certainly make me look bad for not calling the authorities and getting Aaron taken away from mom. How could I tell him that I was terrified that I would get custody of the kid? Not that I didn't love him, but I was busy all the time, between going to school and working here, and if I got custody of Aaron, that would be the very end of my dreams for myself, and God knew I didn't have the resources to care for him. Of course, Aaron probably would be better off in foster care than with my mother, theoretically. However, having been in foster homes periodically throughout my childhood, I knew that it was pretty much hit or miss, sometimes literally hit or miss, because some of those homes involved me missing getting hit only because I ducked, if that makes any sense at all. Other times I didn't duck fast enough, and sure enough, I got hit. Not to mention the home where I wasn't hit, but hit on, despite the fact that I was only 13 at the time, and that pervert was a well-respected Wall Street trader. So, Aaron was pretty much stuck between Scylla and Charybdis right at that moment. Lane was looking at me. You gotta go home, he said, having surmised from my silence the situation. Your two-year-old brother can't be home alone. I looked at my bleary-eyed mother desperately. No way could I afford to leave. I needed this shift. My checking account was on the verge of becoming overdrawn as it was. I had written some checks that were going to bounce unless I put the money from my shift into my account ASAP. And unfortunately, that wouldn't be the first time. Three checks bouncing, $35 overdraft charges apiece, and suddenly I wouldn't be able to make rent. Living on the edge meant that any minor blip meant that I would become homeless again. And going home to watch Aaron, instead of working the bar on a busy Saturday night, would be one of those blips. I didn't work at the most popular bar in New York City, 
but I could still count on at least $400 in tips on a Saturday night. And without that $400, the little rock would become an avalanche. I had a roommate, Jack, but he was pretty much in the same boat as me and wouldn't be able to spot me when I'm short. Then I heard a familiar voice. Ms. James? The voice addressed me. I turned around startled, then saw who was calling me. It was Professor O'Hara, the adjunct instructor in two of my architectural design courses at Columbia. He wasn't a full-time professor. I think he just taught a couple of courses. His full-time job was as the newest senior partner of the largest architectural firm in town. I understood that he was new to the city, having come from a large firm in the Midwest somewhere. St. Louis, maybe? At any rate, I think that he lived in Missouri somewhere prior to coming to New York. My heart quickened.